Yeah, so, okay, we are up to four lines from the bottom of Yudalit Amit Beis. Let me review what we're talking about. So, there are four different types of Avadim, of Evid Ivris. There's an Amevriya, which is a Jewish woman who's sold into slavery. There's a Jewish man who sells himself to a guy. There's a Jewish man who sells himself to a Jew. And there's a Jewish man who robbed and was sold by court. Fine. So the Gemara Agav yesterday mentioned that there's a machloikas whether you have a gzereshava of sacher sacher. Sacher sacher is a gzereshava connecting the halachas of a Jew that sold himself to a Jew that sold by Bezdin. Yesh manda omer yolif sacher sacher, and the halachas are the same, and there's manda omer that does not. So we said in the Gemara, who is this machloikas? Where, where is this machloikas? So we brought down a machloikas between the Tanakama and Ravalazar. Whether four halachas apply to a meicher atzmai. They all apply to meicher bezdin. The question is, does it also apply to meicher atzmai? One of them was, one of them was, can a meicher atzmai stay past seven years, past shmita? Can a meicher atzmai uh, get a, a piercing? Does he get a piercing if he wants to stay? Can a meicher atzmai, does a meicher atzmai get gifts? And does a meicher atzmai, is he allowed to marry to be with a shivcha kenanis? So what's the machlekes about? The Tanakama says it only applies to Meicher Bezdin, Meicher Atzmai. Revolves says no, all the halachas are the same. So the Gemara says, oh, it must be this is the machlekes. If you hold Sachir Sachir, the halachas are the same. If you're not Darish Sachir Sachir, they're not. So the Gemara says no. Everyone is Darish Sachir Sachir. There is an opinion out there that says not, that we'll deal with later, but this is both the Tanakam and Ravalazar, are Dairish Sacher Sacher, they both generally connect the laws of Meicher Atzmai to Meicher Bezdin. These four, though, are the exceptions. Based on drushes, these fours, according to the Tanakama, these four are the exceptions. So four lines from the bottom of Yudal and Mibes. Says the Gemara, let's go to the second halacha. Again, right now we're going to explain that both the Tanakama and Ravalazar both believe Sacher Sacher to connect the laws of Mecher Atzmit to Mecher Bezdin. But Ravalazar feels that these four halachas are the exception. We already went through the halacha number one, and now we're up to halacha number two. And that is whether a Meicher Atzmai gets a piercing if he stays past Shemitah. So what's the reason for the Tanakama that if you sell yourself, you do not get a piercing? Even though he holds Sacher Sacher to connect the Halachas, but he feels this is an exception. Why? Because the Pasuk says, by someone who's sold by Bezdin, when he gets a, a piercing, it says, The Pasuk says that the master, his master, pierces his ear. The Pasuk implies, his ear is pierced, and not the ear of someone who sold himself. So you see, this is the exception. Okay. The Gemara says, and Rav Lazar, who, um, who feels that the halachas are the same, what does he do with Oznai? He says, Oznai is not coming to teach you that is not going to piercing, but rather, Oznai is a Gezer to tell you which ear to pierce. Stam, by all avadim that get pierced, which ear? Is it the right ear or the left ear? So, the Tanya of Al-Zaraymer, how do I know that you pierce the right ear? Nemer kan oizen, it says over here the word oizen, v'nemer lalan, and it says regarding a mitzayra oizen, malalan yamin, afkan yamin. Just like by the mitzayra, you put the blood in the right ear, so to be here, you pierce the right ear. So that's what he does with the word oznai. The idach, and the Tanakama who uses oznai to limit it, that it does not apply to a meicher atzmai, how does he know the right ear? Im kein lemekra oizen my oznai. 
So he says, both are learned out. The word oizen is coming to tell you, dafka the ear of meicher bezmin, not meicher atzmai. And the extra vav, oznai, is to tell you the right ear. Okay? The idach, I'm sorry, opposite. Meaning, oizen will tell you the right ear. Oznai is to tell you the extra vav, tells you meicher bezdin and not meicher atzmai. The idach, and what is the tanak, what does Ravalazar do with the extra vav? He comes to tell you that it's meaning his ear and not her ear. Meaning a woman who is sold into slavery never gets a piercing. She does not have the process of ritzia, does not apply to women. Amevria leaves by the age of 12 and she does not, uh, she does not get a piercing. The Gemara says, How does the Tanakama know it does not apply to women? Now, she can't stay if she wants to stay? Correct. So I would assume, yeah. The idach, so again, we're just ping-ponging back and forth. The idach and the Tanakama, how does he know? Because he uses Aznai to tell you that it's not the oizen of a meicher atzmai, and that it's the right ear. So how does he know that a woman does not get a piercing? The Amevriya doesn't get a piercing. Nafkalei mim yoimar ha'evid. He says, he learns that out from the word Evid. Evid implies a male slave and not a female slave. And Rav Lazar, who already knows this from Aznai, what does he do with the word Evid? He says, the word Evid is teaching you by the piercing that you have to show, what's the concept of a piercing? It's that you want to stay Pashmita, so you, you pierce his ear. It says Evid means, what if, what if, uh, like two days after Shemitah, he's already a free slave. He's like, oh, I'd like to, I'd like to stay. Allah is too late. You don't get a piercing. Listen, you want to then become a slave? That's a different parasha. But there's no piercing. He has to say it before Shemitah. Meaning, you have to declare that you're interested in staying past Shemitah, but you have to say it before Shemitah. You have to say it while you're still in Evan. Once Shemitah happens and you're no longer in Evan, then the process of Ritzia doesn't apply. Ve'idach. And the Tanakama, how does he know that? May Evid ha Evid Nafka from the extra hey, Vidach Evid Evid Lidarish, and if Lazar did not darish in the hey. Okay, so it's ping pong back and forth. That was the second sugya. Now we're up to the third sugya. Again, we're trying to explain. We were looking for someone who does not have the drasha of Sacher Sacher connecting the laws of Meicher Atzmai to Meicher Bezdin. We thought it was the Machlaikis, Rav Lazar, and Tanakama, that the Tanakama feels that there are four halachas that did not apply to Meicher Atzmai, they only apply to Meicher Bezin. Rav Lazar feels all the halachas are identical. We thought that was the Machlech, because we're saying no. Everyone agrees, Sacher, Sacher. Everyone agrees in general, you compare the laws of Meicher Atzmai to Meicher Bezin. These four, the Tanakhama feels, are the exception. We've already gone through two, now we're up to number three. The third sogya is whether you give gifts to a Meicher Atzmai. And we're saying that even if the Tanakama holds Sacher Sacher connecting the laws of Mokher Asim to Mokher Bezdin, this is the exception. How so? It's going to be very drusha based, as we've had already twice. My time Tanakama, what's the source that the Tanakama has that if you sold yourself into slavery when you leave, you do not receive gifts? As opposed to a Meicher Bezdin that does. Because the Pasuk says regarding a Meicher Bezdin that when he's sold by Bezdin, then he goes free. The Pasuk says, Hanik Tanik Loi, you shall give him gifts. Loi, Veloi Lomacher Atzmai. Loi, he gets gifts, but not a Meicher Atzmai. So even though he darsh in Sacher Sacher, this is the exception. What kind of gifts? The Pasuk says, give him gifts. You have to give him, I don't know, like whatever he needs to start his life again. Whatever, you know. I, I, I'm sure the Ramah probably describes, but whatever, you know, subjective, whatever he needs to start his life. So the Idach, the Tan, the Revelazar, 
who connects the two, who says that a Meicher Atzmai does get gifts, what does he do with Loi? That means that Loi and not Liyarshav, meaning, let's say the servant died after his, uh, he's released, and then before the owner gives him gifts, the, 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 yeah, um, the, the servant died after he was released, but before the master could give him gifts. You don't give gifts to the servant's kids. The servant gets loy v'loy l'yarshav. Okay. Yarshav amai loy. Wait a minute. Why wouldn't she give his kids gift? Sachik ha-rechmana. Ma sachar pulas l'yarshav. Afai pulas l'yarshav. I don't know. Why not? If, if, he's, if he's owed gifts, right? If you owe someone money, right? And then he passes away, so you give it to his yarshim, right? If so, you owe someone $1,000, right? And then let's say you owe a worker $1,000 for his work. And then he passes away. What do you do? You don't just say, well, I don't have to pay. He died. I'm good. Give it to his kids. So if you're supposed to give him a gift, why not give it to his kids? The answer is, Ellie, you're right. Loi teaches you something else. Loi v'loi l'balchayv. What it means is you have to give him the gift and not money that he owes to someone else. May I'll give you an example. Let's say the value of the gifts are $100. That slave happens to owe you $100. Maybe I could give you the $100 gift as opposed to the slave. Kamash no. Loi, you have to give the slave gifts and not the person that he owes. Okay. Now, why would I think you could pay the person that he owes? Because in general, the halacha is the transitive property. If I owe you $100 and you owe him $100, I could just pay you directly and he could take it from me directly. So you might think that's a transitive property when it comes to finance. So you might think that because you could do that normally, you should be able to do it with the gifts of a slave as well. Kamash no. Loi. The Gemara says, let's see it inside. Now we generally hold like Rav Nosen of the transitive Titania. How do I know that if I owe you $100 and you owe him $100? How do I know that I could just pay him directly and he could come and take me, take me to court directly just to take the money? You could skip the middleman. You pay whoever is guilty, whoever owes the money. And I do owe him money. Not you, but I owe money. So you might think that this so too with gifts. The answer is no. Law tells you no. You have to give the slave directly. You cannot give it to the person that he owes money. Okay. That's how Rav Elazar used the Pasuk. The Tanakama, how, 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 how does he know this from? Because the Tanakama uses loy and not meicher atzmai. So how does he know that you can't pay the, you can't give the gifts to the third guy? The answer is, The other Tanakama doesn't hold like Rav Nassim ever. He doesn't hold this transitive property. He doesn't hold that, uh, even when it comes to finances in general, forget about a slave, he holds, according to the Tanakama, if I owe you money and you owe him money, he feels that I, don't, I can't pay you directly and you can't take the money from me directly. So there's no Havamina that would apply to slaves because he doesn't hold the, the whole concept of Nassim Bechlal doesn't hold of therefore there's no reason to assume that he would hold of it here. Okay, let's go to the fourth category, which is whether a Moichar Atzmai is allowed to live with a Shivcha Kenanis. The Tanakama says no. Revelazer says yes. My time in Tanakama, the Meicher Atzmei and Rabbi Moisel Shifcha Kananis. So the same thing. Me Rachmana Gabrachuma Bezdin. The pasuk says by a Meicher Bezdin, Im Adoyin of Yitin Loi Isha. The pasuk says that the master can give him a slave woman, even though she's a guy. It's the only time that a Jew is allowed to be with a guy. Loi v'loi lo Meicher Atzmei. The pasuk implies that Davka Meicher Bezdin can mate with a slave woman, but not a Meicher Atzmei. Ve'idach. The slave is allowed to mate. They're not married, but he's allowed to be with a slave woman and make babies to be more slaves because the slaves go by the mom, so the mom's a guy. 
It's a special gzeris Ve'idach, and Rav Lazar, who feels that both are allowed to be with a slave woman, loy is balkarchai. Loy is not coming to exclude a meicharatzmai, but loy is saying that you're allowed to give it to him against his will. Meaning, even if the Jew says, meaning, if the Jew says, I'd like to be with a slave woman, he definitely could. But what if the Jew says, no, I'm not doing it. The halacha is, he has to. It's not up to him. You're, you're allowed to force him to, to, to be with this woman. It's not, it's not up to him. Ve'idach, and the Tanakama who uses loy to exclude a meicher atzmai, how does he know Balkarcha is allowed? Ki mishnah nafka. He learns it out from another pasuk. The pasuk describes a slave that it says mishnah sachir, that he's like a hired worker. Now, what does that mean? The Tanya, like mishnah schar sachir is like a double worker. What does that mean? The Brisa says something cryptic, that is, a Jewish slave works day and night. Now what does that mean? That Pashib Shadr, that Brisa, implies that you can make him work 24 hours a day, but that's not true. Do we actually think that you can make a Jewish slave work 24 hours a day? The passage says, You have to treat him nicely. You have to give him food, you have to give him drink, you have to treat him like a Jew. So what does it mean that you're allowed to make him work 24-7? The answer is, You know what it means? It means that you can give him a slave woman. And then when he's with the slave woman at night, it's like he's working. You understand? So that's a pasuk. So according to the Tanakama, who says loy is to the exclusion of meicher atzmai? How does he know that it's balkarcha? It's from this pasuk. So how does Rav Lazar respond? Rav Lazar responds. Where does this pasuk imply balkarcha? The pasuk just implies mishnas chasachir is that you're going to give a non a Jew a non-Jewish slave woman because he's working at night. Where does it say balkarcha? Who says balkarcha? Therefore, you need a special pasuk. Loy is balkarcha. Okay, fine. Now, today's a Jerusha Gemara. Let's go weiter. So we said yesterday, we said there's a Tanak, there is a Shita out there who is Darish Schar Sachir, and there's a Shita who's not Darish Schar Sachir. Again, Schar Sachir, Sachir Sachir, I'm sorry, Sachir Sachir is a Gzereshava connecting the laws of Meicher Atzmai to Meicher Bezdin. We're still looking for a Tana, a tana who does not Darish that. Because we had Ravalos in the Tanakama, but we said, no, no. They both agree, Sacher, Sacher. Generally, these are the exceptions. So who is the Tana who does not Dari Sacher, Sacher? In other words, who is a Tana who has differences in laws between Amalchar Atzmai and Amalchar Bezin? Because again, Sacher, Sacher makes the laws identical. If you're not Darish, that means the laws are different. So we're looking for a Tana who is Loi Darish, Sacher, Sacher. So, hi Tanahu, it's the following Tana. The Tanya, Vishav El Meshpachte, the Pasuk is describing... We know that slaves go free by Yovel. Even if you're, you always go free by Yovel. Now that could be in two scenarios. That could be a nirza, that could be a piercing, because you stayed past Shemitah and then you go to Yovel and then Yovel you leave. Or what if, Stam, I'm a slave and I sell myself as a slave a year before Yovel. I go free the next year. No one goes past Yovel. Okay, so now we're going to find Psukim. And we're going to try to find out which type of slave it's talking about. The Pasuk says, The Pasuk says, There is a Jewish slave that goes back to his family by Yovel. Meaning he goes free by Yovel. Now it doesn't say what type of slave. What kind of slave goes free by Yovel? What kind of slave is this Pasuk talking about? If it's about selling yourself, you sold yourself into slavery. And then you go free by Yovel. The Pasuk before it talks about that. So this pasuk cannot be talking about Meicher because I already know this. Ibn Nirza, 
if it's talking about a slave who had uh, a piercing and stayed pashmita, but he goes free by Yoival, there's also another Pasuk. This other Pasuk we're going to bring down soon. There's another Pasuk that talks about Nerza. So there's a Pasuk by Meichar Atzmai. There's a Pasuk by Nerza. So what is this Pasuk of Veshava Mishpachta talking about? It must be talking about Meichar Bezdin, that Bezdin sold him two years before Yoival. He goes free. So it's not Nerza, which is Pashmita. It's not Meichar Atzmai, because we already have a Pasuk. It's Meichar Bezdin. Okay, now here's the kasha. Why do I need a special pasuk? I have a special pasuk for Mecher Atzmai. I have a special pasuk for Mecher Bezdin. If you have Sacher Sacher, you don't need two psukim. One pasuk would be enough, because Sacher Sacher makes the laws identical. So why do you need a special pasuk? To tell me that Mecher Atzmai and Mecher Bezdin go free by Yoival, have Sacher Sacher. The answer is, it must be this town that does not believe in Sacher Sacher. The laws are separate. Therefore, you need a special Pasuk for each scenario. So the Gemara says, no. Really, in general, that Tana does have Sacher Sacher connecting the laws of Meicher Atzmah to Meicher Bezdin. So how come, if the laws are identical, why do you need a special Pasuk to tell me that both Meicher Atzmah and Meicher Bezdin are go free by Yoival? Just say Meicher Atzmah and I'll know Meicher Bezdin. The answer is, The answer is, even if you hold Sacher Sacher to make the laws identical, you might think that Meicher Bezdin. What's Meicher Bezdin? Meicher Atzmah means you're poor and you sold yourself into slavery. It's a Nebuch. Nebuch. Meicher Bezdin is someone who robbed. So you might think that because he did a sin to make himself a slave, he should stay past the evil. Kamash no. So generally you are sacher, sacher. Generally you do have the Pasuk that equates the two, but you still need a special Pasuk to tell me that Meicher Bezdin goes free by Yoival, despite the fact that there's a drasha, because you might think that because he did the sin, we should punish him and he should stay past the evil. Kamash no. We'll go with sacher, sacher. Okay, let's go weiter. Amir Mar. Now we said before there is a Pasuk that refers to Nirza. That a Nirza, that someone who had a piercing goes goes free by Yoival. Where is that Pasuk? Ibn Nirza. The Gemara says, Maihi, what is the Pasuk that a pierced, a person with piercings, that after Shemitah he leaves by Yoival? The Tanya. The Pasuk says regarding someone with a piercing, Now how we know this is talking about piercings, we'll describe in a second. But this is talking about a slave that had the piercing process, and it says he goes home by Yoival. Which type of slave is this? Again, we have a Pasuk from and we have a Pasuk from Meicher Bezdin. This is the third Pasuk. So it must be, this is a Nirza. The case is where you did the whole piercing process two, three years before Yoival. So right, you stayed Pashmita, you decided you get a piercing, ear piercing, and then three years later, it's Yoival, you go free. Okay, now how in this Pasuk do you see that it's talking about Nirza? It says, The Gemara says, My Masha, how do you know this Pasuk is talking about a slave with piercing? We just got finished saying a couple minutes ago that the, a, a Jewish slave woman is never pierced. So the Pasuk says, Ish, the only type of halachas that apply dafka to a man and not a woman is the piercing. So it must be Ish, is an allusion to the type of slave of a piercing. Okay? Now, we have a Pasuk that says, Amoycher Bezdin. Moycher Atzmai, we have a Pasuk that he goes free by Yoival. Moycher Bezdin and Nirza, and someone with a piercing. Why do you need both? You need a Pasuk to tell me that if a Be- someone is sold by Bezdin, he goes free by Yoival. And you also need a Pasuk to say that if someone had a piercing, he goes free by Yoival. Why? 
Why not learn them out from each other? If the Pasuk only told us that a Meichur Bezdin goes free by Yoivo, is Meshum Delimat Izmane. It's funny. A Nirza, you could look at it both ways. You could look at it as to be lenient with him or to be worse with him. You could say, a Nirza, we should be super tough with him because he chose to stay past when he had to. You know what? Punish him. Let him stay forever. Kamash Malan, he goes free by Yoivo. On the opposite, though, you could say, a Nirza, at least he gave in six good years. Let him free by Yovel, as opposed to Mochar Bezdin. Mochar Bezdin, right? Bezdin sells him two years before Yovel. I could be like, he didn't even give six years. Let him stay. So you need a Pasuk by both, because each one has a Svar to tell you that he should stay past. What? The guy who's only there for two years doesn't have to pay off the other um, no. six years? No. Yovel. Yovel makes him free. All debts are gone. I thought, I thought even if it makes him free, he has to pay off the I don't, difference. I don't believe so, but I have to check. I don't believe so, but I could be wrong. I think he's free. That's what I think. It could be, you're right. I have to check. Point is, though, that's why you need a Pasuk by both. The Gemara says, If the Pasuk just says that a Meichur Bezdin goes free by Yoival, I would say, I would say that, yeah, that's true because, fine, he goes free. But someone who had a piercing, who stayed past his time, he chose to stay longer than necessary, we should punish him for that sin. The Ashmin and Nirtz and the opposite. If we just say that a Nirtz goes free by Yevil, Mishum David Leishesh, I would say, yeah, Nirtz goes free because at least he put in six good years. Ava Machru Bezin, Leyavid Leishesh, but a Mechur Bezin who didn't even give his master six full years, Emaloi, maybe he should stay past Yevil. Tzricha, therefore you need both. Okay, now the Pasuk says regarding, uh, we mentioned before that a Nirtz goes free by Yevil, and the source is, the Ish El Mishpachto Tashuvu. Okay, now the Pasuk also describes. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. The pasuk also says it says regarding a nirtza. It says the word vishavtem, and you should return to your family. And it also says la'oylam behem which means you shall work forever. Now we're all familiar with Rashi. It's from this Gemara that when Rashi says by a nirtza la'oylam behem it doesn't mean forever. It means forever until yovel. So the Gemara just speaks this out. The word shavtem implies that he goes free by yovel. La'olam implies forever. How do you make it work? Why? If the pasuk just said that a nirtza works forever. Have I mean a mamish? I would say, yeah, forever means until death. Means you go free by And if the pasuk just said v'shavtem, have I mean If you just said v'shavtem, that means that you go free. I would say like this: maybe you should work past the oval, right? Let's say, yeah, okay. You're free by Shemitah, and then if you ch- cho- choose to stay, you get a piercing. Yeah, The Pasuk says, by a piercing, you shall work forever, which we say is, is Yovel. If you didn't have the forever, I would say like this. The piercing, you have to stay. How long? You could say forever, or I would actually say, how many years is it until Shemitah? It's a six-year cycle and Shemitah. So maybe after the piercing, you go another six years, and then you're free. I, maybe not. Yovel could be forty-nine years later. I mean, forty, whatever, forty, you know, potentially forty-three years later. So, that, how do I know? Meaning, v'shavtem just means that a person generally goes free by shemitah. If you choose to stay longer, you stay longer. How long? I would say maybe six years. Kamashu and lo la'olam. La'olam means a forever of a yovel cycle. So, for you need la'olam to tell you that v'shavtem to tell you not forever that it's yovel. And if it's just v'shavtem, I would think six years. La'olam says no yovel. So you need these two them together to sort of. Uh, balance it that you stay till Shemitah and then after Shemitah if you choose to stay it's until Yovel stupid question yeah. uh, if you decide to stay after Yovel is there, there is no saying past Yovel there's no if you, listen then he would be a Mocher Atzma 
The point is, you're not a mocher bezdin, right? When bezdin sells you, you cannot stay past Yovel. If you choose to stay past Yovel, it's probably like a mocher atzmo. Listen, that's that's like anyone else. You want to sell yourself as a slave, that's fine. But, but um, okay. So we're still looking for the Tana who does not have sacher sacher. Okay. Eleman Tana Dolyal of sacher sacher. Rebbe. It's really Rebbe. The Tanya, go to the next page. Now, this passage is referring to a, go- a Jew who sold himself to a guy. Okay? The passage says that a Jew who sells himself to a guy, now the pasuk, this is it's psukim. So the pasuk it describes how by a moicher to a guy, if you sell yourself to a guy, the pasuk specifically describes that there's a responsibility on his relatives to free him. Okay, the pasuk describes that, and actually, according to this Kemara, we do not have a source that any other slave can be redeemed by their relatives. Now, the relatives can give him the money, and he could redeem himself, but the only source that relatives can just go and buy him out is when he's sold to a guy. The Pasuk says, Now, this is the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, If he is not redeemed by these, these meaning the relatives, Pashtus, if you're not redeemed by the relatives, then you go free by Yovo. Okay? So this is how Rabbi Darshan said, if you're not redeemed by these relatives, these equals relatives, then you go free by Yovel. Rabbi Omer, a Jew sold to a guy is free by relatives, but you are not free by Shemitah. Meaning, you do not get to leave by Shemitah, you leave by Yovel, but not Shemitah. Okay, that's Rabbi Shita, that if a Jew is sold to a guy, he does not leave by Shemitah, he is only leaved when he's redeemed by his relatives. What's, why do I need a puzzle to tell me that he doesn't leave by Shemitah? Because you could have a kavachoymer umami What happens? What is the law regarding a Jew who's bought by another Jew, a, a Jewish slave? Right? There's there's an eved sold to a guy, an eved sold to a Jew, an eved sold to a Jew who is not able to be redeemed by relatives. Right? Relatives can't just buy them out. Nigel b'sheish leaves by shmita zesh Then this Jew who's a slave to a guy who is, who does. Who, whose relatives are able to redeem her. Oh, so you see, according to Rabbi, what's, what's his psak? His psak is, if you have a Jew that's bought by a guy, he's redeemed by his relatives, but he does not leave by Shemitah, as opposed to a mecher atzma and a mecher bezdin, that are leave by Shemitah. Now, wait a minute. The fact that these laws are so different, right? He said, what's the difference? If you're bought by a guy, your relatives could redeem you. But if you're bought by a Jew, they can't. If you're bought by a guy, you don't leave by Shemitah. If you're bought by a Jew, you, you do. If you have sacher sacher, the law should be identical. So it must be Rebbe doesn't have sacher sacher. So Gemara says no. Really, generally, he has sacher sacher. So wait a minute. If you have sacher sacher, then why is it that when you're bought by a guy, your relatives can redeem you, but when you're bought by a Jew, they cannot? If you have sacher sacher, the law should be the same. The answer is he does have sacher sacher, but this is the exception. Why? The Pasuk says his relatives shall redeem him, him and not other slaves. That's always the tricky part, is because you're looking for someone who doesn't have sacher sacher, so you're looking for a Tana who has differences in these type of slaves, and every time we find a Tana that does, we say, well, that's the exception. So that's why it's a little bit uh, slippery to get the map. Okay, fine. So you have Rebbe, now here's the point. Rebbe darshind yigol be'ele, that if the slave who's bought by a guy is not redeemed by his relatives, then he leaves by... Yoival and not Shemitah. Not Shemitah. 
Now the Gemara says, Man the Rabbi. Who are Tanoim who disagree with Rabbi? Again, that's how Rabbi darshins the Pasuk. That again, that a Jew bought by a guy, he only leaves by Yoival and not Shemitah. Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Yossi Haglu and Rabbi Kiva darshan the Pasukim differently. They believe that he, it, he does leave by Shemitah, and they darshan the Pasuk differently. This is how they darshan the Pasuk. Rabbi Yossi Haglu and Rabbi Kiva, the Tanya. Okay? Lo yigo ve'ela. If the Jew who's bought by a guy is not redeemed by the relatives, then he goes by free by Yoival. Rabbi Yossi Haglu and like this. Okay, this is, this is their shita. You have a Jew who's bought by a guy. Okay? Yeah. You have a Jew who's bought by a guy. There's three different types of people that could save him, redeem him. Let's speak this out, yeah? You could be redeemed by yourself. If you're redeemed by yourself, you go free. You're free. There's no master anymore. Fine. There's redeemed by relatives and redeemed by friends, randos. The question is, they both agree, one of them, you go free. One of them, you're still a slave to finish out, finish out your uh, servitude, uh, your, 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 your terms, whatever, your, uh, you know, until Yovel. Which one is which? So this is the opinions. If you're redeemed by the relatives, the relatives, then you're free. But if you're redeemed by other people, you still work for them. Okay? So according to Rav Yossi Aguli, if you're redeemed by relatives, you go free right away, just like by you redeem yourself. But if you're redeemed by randos, you still are a slave. And Rav Yossi is the opposite. But he says, no. These, the relatives, you're still a slave. Everyone else, you go free. Okay. So my time, Dervia Saglili, what, what is the machlokas about? So again, the question is, if you're redeemed by relatives, do you go free, or are you still a slave? Rav Yossi Aglili says, you go free. Rav Akiva says, you're still a slave. So what's the machlokas about? The Pasuk says, Im lo If you're not redeemed by these relatives, then you go to Yovo. What, this is how Rav Yosef Gili reads the Pasuk. Im lo if you're not redeemed by these, so if you're not redeemed by these, who is redeeming you? El someone else, a rando. Oh, then you go free by Yovo. That's, by the way, a very simple way to read the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, if you're not redeemed by these relatives, you stay until Yovo. So what does it mean? If you're not redeemed by them, so who did redeem you? A rando. Then you're still a slave till Yovo. But if you are redeemed by the relatives... You're free right away. It's a pretty nice, clean way to read the Pasuk. Rav Akiva, though, has a more difficult way to read the Pasuk. This is how he reads it. Im lo yigoel, if instead of the reading the Pasuk, uh, if you're not redeemed by these, but rather, if you're not redeemed only by these, meaning so instead of the Pasuk saying you're not redeemed by the relatives, it's you're not redeemed by anyone other than relatives, i.e. you are redeemed by the relatives, so it's like, instead of, again, the, the way the Pasuk is written, it's if you're not redeemed by the relatives, then you stay till Yovel, so you're not redeemed by the relatives, you're redeemed by randos, you stay till Yovel. Rav Akiva says, no, if you're not redeemed by anyone other than the relatives, so in other words, if you're redeemed by the relatives, then you stay till Yovel. So it's, it's the word Ela means relatives, according to both, but it's, it's like, if you're not redeemed by anyone other than, so he's adding in words, it's, He's adding like a double negative to the Pasuk. So the Gemara says, Rav Yosef says, it's not what the Pasuk says. You're adding words to the Pasuk. And the truth is, that is a bomb kasha on Rav Akiva. And Rav Akiva says, okay, you're right. Forget that. So we're back to the original problem, not original problem, but back to the problem, which is, what is the explanation between Machlaikis, Rav Akiva and Rav Yosef Haglili? The Pasuk implies like Rav Yosef Haglili. Again, according to Rav Yosef Haglili, if you're redeemed by relatives, you go free. According to Rav Akiva, if you're deemed by relatives, you still stay a slave. 
We thought it was how they read the Pasuk, but if you read the Pasuk, it kind of works like Rabbi Yosei. So Gemara says, okay, forget it. This is how you read the Pasuk. The Pasuk lists three different types of redemptions. First, Ododo um, Bendodo, Right, which is your uncle or your cousin, relatives. The first pasuk, A, relatives. Then, Ohesiga Yodo, you redeem yourself. And then, Nigal, redeemed by randos. So, relatives, yourself, randos. One, two, three. Now, let's speak it out. Number two, redeemed by yourself, you go free right away. No question. The Machlekes is one and three. Right? Which one do you stay? Which one do you work with? So, the answer is very simple. Rav Yossi Haglili compares one, relatives, to two. Rabbi Kiva compares two to three. Everyone agrees two, you're going free, because you're redeeming yourself, there's no master. Rabbi Yossi compares one to two, so he compares relatives to yourself, you go free. Rabbi Kiva says, no, I compare two to three, as opposed to one to two. That, that's the, the Gemara says, Rabbi Yossi Haglili, Sava Mikro Dush Lafanov. Shadi Gulus Kroivim, Gulus Atma, Ima Gulus Atma L'Shechrav, Gulus Kroivim L'Shechrar. Rabbi Kiva, Sava Mikro Nidish L'Achrav. So the machloek is this pashit, which one do you compare? The, do you compare more gulas acherim to gulas atzmai, gulas atzmai to gulas to gulas kroivim? That, that, that's, that's the best. Now wait a minute. If you're telling me that that's the machloek is about, then be'ela lamili. Then what did he do with the word be'ela? Again, the word e'la seems to be extra. If you're not redeemed by these relatives, then you go free. And we said that that pasuk kind of reads like Rav Yossi Aguli. So we said, like, well, that's not what the machlok is about. The machlok is just pasuk, one, two, three. Is one comparable to two, or is two comparable to three? Fine. So what do you do with the word Ela? So the Gemara says, I'll tell you what you do with the word Ela. You need Ela to limit it. I'll tell you why. Again, one, two, three. Relatives, yourself, randos. Yourself, you go free for sure. So we said, which do you compare to yourself? Is it one? Is it relatives like yourself that you go free by relatives? Or is it uh, randos are comparable to yourself? Let me ask you a question. Why can't they all be the same? <laughs> right? Why can't one and three be like two? Maybe, maybe. Like, how do you know that one of the categories you're still a slave? Maybe you're free if you redeem yourself. Maybe you're free if you're redeemed by relatives. And maybe you're free if you're redeemed by randos. How, how do you know? The answer is Ela. Ela means relatives. Dafka, when there's relatives, as opposed to, I mean, the Pasuk, you need the word Ela to say that is one category that still stays a slave. The Machlekes is, which one? Okay. Makol Shechra. So wait a minute. Okay, this is the last point of this. If you're telling me the word Ela is necessary to tell you that one category you stay a slave, yeah, that's point number one. And you tell me the word Ela means relative, yeah. And number three, Rav Yossi drosha makes sense, then how does Rav Akiva work? The whole point is, we said, we start off by saying, they both agree the word Ela means relatives. The Machlekes is how you dash in the Pasuk, but we said Rav Yossi is correct, Rav Akiva is wrong. So we're like, okay, scrap that. The machlekes is whether you compare one to two or two to three. But then we said, how do you know you don't compare both to two? The answer is the word Ela. So back to, it's a circular problem. If the word Ela implies like Rav Yossi and then we tried to remove it for Rav Akiva, but now it's back. And if it's back, you're still stuck in this circle. So the Gemara says, you know what, this is the pshat. Again, he has this over in the recording, it, it'll help. The Gemara says, rather this, you know what the answer is? The word Ela, we don't know what it means. Meaning, we started this whole discussion assuming the word Ela means relative. Okay? It means relatives. If you're not redeemed by these relatives, then you stay until Yovo. And then we said, 
oh, so that sounds like Rav Yosiak Lili. So we said, okay, scrap that. The Machlokas is purely, do you compare one to two or two to three? But then we said, but you still need Ela. See, the Gemara is like, okay, Ela's back. But if Ela means relatives, and Ela, if they both agree Ela means relatives, then Rav Yosiak Lili is right. The answer is, no, 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 no. The word Ela, we don't know what it means. The Pasuk says, if you don't, if you're not redeemed by Ela, then you go free by Yovel. What does Ela mean? Is Ela relatives or randos? That's the Machlaikas. And what's the Machlaikas about? It's logic. How so? Rav Yosei says, it's logical. It makes more sense. The word Ela is, is ambiguous. It could either mean relative or it can mean randos. The answer is they're both going to put in what's logical to them. Rav feels it makes more sense that when a rando person redeems you, you go to slavery. Why? I'll tell you very simple. If a rando redeems you and you go free, who's going to redeem him? Why would I spend $10,000 if I don't get him? Now, if I'm a relative, I'll spend $10,000 to, uh, to save my relative. Fine. So the word Ela means that there's someone who redeems him and then he still stays a slave. Which one? It makes more sense that it's going to be a rando. Because why would a rando redeem him and then he goes, and then he, and then, and then he goes free? Why would I do that? Relatives, I get it. So Rav Yosegli puts in that svar. Rav Akiva is the opposite svar. Rav Akiva says, Rav Akiva says, I feel the opposite. I actually think it makes more sense that when a relative redeems you, that you have to work. Why? Because if the relative has to redeem you, they're just going to make themselves a slave. Think about it. You owe $100,000 because you're a gambling debt. So you say like this, let me just be, I'll make myself a slave. You know who's going to redeem me? My relatives. Of course they're going to redeem me. And then I go free. So if you say that it's a rando who redeems you, you go free, okay. They may redeem me, maybe not. It's more of a risk. But if a relative, a relative is definitely going to redeem you. It's a mitzvah, they're related to you, there's definitely pressure. They're going to redeem you. And now if they redeem you, you go free, you just make yourself a slave every freaking day. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Therefore, it makes more sense that when a relative redeems you, you stay a slave. So it's just a svara of how to translate the word Ela. Let's just finish up. The Gemara says, This is our actually say, Everybody redeems you, you're free. You redeem yourself, you're free. You redeem relatives, you're free. Randall's free, all free. No, 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 evil. Man chachamim, who is the author? Rebbe, he, it follows Rebbe. He uses the word Ela for something else. And therefore, one is comparable to two, and two is comparable to three, and three is comparable to one. They're all the same. Um, okay, you know what? I'm trying to think of whether I can get to the two dots. Maybe we'll stop here. I don't want to rush this too much. We'll finish up tomorrow this last little bit. We'll finish with this last little cherry on top. Um, we'll pick up tomorrow. Sure. My pleasure.